welcome back. Here we go. Is it going to look odd that we're all dressed the same in all the rest of our we'll podcast? Huh? We'll break them up. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So we've talked to you guys about um, October strategies. Well, we are starting to move through October, and obviously our strategies ain't all that good because none of us have killed a buck yet. We're going to have Shane come back and so he can ex- – Teach all of us what he did. We got well, we got several more days of the best we opportunity. Have, we do, though. and we've passed. Tomorrow is going to be primo. Oh lordy, here we go. It's always tomorrow should be the perfect day. Okay, I'm just saying, if you're taking all of everything into consideration, we've had hot, we've had cold, we've had all this crap. Now we've had yesterday. It started storming. Today it's been storming all day, rain, pouring down rain, and it's warm. It's like sixty some degrees or whatever. And tomorrow morning. It's not supposed to be supposed. Sorry, it's supposed to be done raining completely, and 38 degrees with a light wind. Is it supposed to be that cool in the morning? That's, I'm going in the, the rest, morning. No the doubt. The rest of the next 10 days is pretty much the same. 30s in the mornings, 50s, 60s in the evening. I do think you could be right. I think Wednesday, tomorrow morning could be lights out. Wednesday is what I was banking. Okay, on. so welcome yeah. back to the Raised it's Hunting supposed, Podcast because if you listen to this podcast, you're choice. killing a deer tomorrow. I'm just telling you because I mean they, you are the worst. No, you are always I'm, every day. Hey, listen I'm telling here. you. And, and you're and you're right because you do it to everybody else. You garhole everyone else. I'm telling yeah. you, you go sit right there, and you're gonna kill a deer. Those deer are gonna come by there. Joey and killed his deer, didn't he? Listen, you got here. a shot, Nick, didn't you? Yes, Dad. It works 100 percent of the time when you say it 100 percent of the time. You're David gonna get a Holder. shot tonight. You're gonna get a shot tonight. And then the one time he gets a shot, you're correct. Hey, you listen to me, all right? Because you twisted my words. All right. Hey, I said tomorrow's gonna be a freaking Check awesome this out. day. I can't hear you. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. God, it, who's that cornball? What's that? What's that movie where the dad just has the worst dad jokes? I think it's it, probably Raised Hunting's episode one. Uh, Paul Rudd's in it. And they're driving RV or something like that. Oh, you're talking about Jennifer Aniston? Yes. What is oh, the name oh, yeah. of that movie? I'm in that movie. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, you're the kid that gets his hey, what testicles stung by a bee. We're the Millers. We're the Millers. Yeah, yes. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it was. I don't know what all that is. Anyways. Except so, for it was his lip oh my last gosh. week. Dad Welcome. was doing a lip curl with his his bee stung lip. You know? Yeah, you're like, no, no, I no, saw a picture. No, no. He was doing a video, and I was like, what the frick is wrong with Dad's face? And then I was like, oh. I showed you the picture. It, it was one of them on our Instagram or something. Oh. I was like, there's something wrong with the with the camera. And then I was like, holy frick, it's his lip. Oh, yeah, I got stung right on the lip. It looks like he got popped by Mike Tyson or something. Thing's you should huge. show him. Don't you still have that? Picture? Yeah. It looks like a banana. Uh, it's on Instagram. They can it's all go bad. see it. Go check out our Instagram. Yeah, it was bad. I got So me and this bee got in a fight, and the bee won. So that's just how that went. Well, welcome back to the Raised Hunting Podcast. As you know, that I was trying to do an introduction, and I was so rudely interrupted. No, actually, we were discussing something, and you interrupted us. So Okay. So today we're going to talk about the November strategies. We've already talked about October strategies, and so now we're going to Talk about some of the things that we're going to be starting to employ here within the next. I think we should include like the 30th and 31st of October in November strategies. I mean, I feel like we're there, but maybe. No, maybe. not quite. We're going to go November strategies or okay. rut strategies. Okay, rut strategies. I hear you. And I think this will be two part because we are going to talk about some. We had several requests for a specific deer. You're trying to kill your specific deer okay. during the rut. And then the other one is going to just be maybe. <laughs> this is November a profile strategies. picture for raised hunting. <laughs> 
We should change that to the profile photo for like a week. You know what it reminds me of? It's the Simpsons. Yeah, (laughs) it does. He looks just like Bart Bart Simpson. Simpson. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. That had to hurt. How how did you drink your milk? Did it pour everywhere? You couldn't drink anything because it would just run out. You couldn't feel it. (laughs) Yeah, I tried. He that. came walking up to me, and I, I was fishing. I go, Dad, when did you pick up chewing? Mouth. Let alone upper deckers. <laughs> he goes, No, it's swollen. That sucker flew right down, ran right under my hat, and I thought it was one of those like box elder bugs. So I just let it go, and it landed. And then I was like, <laughs> I didn't Oh, you that. sucker! You just stung me. The bees just flying around like that guy looks like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the nail on the head on that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's funny. He just took okay. out the fact that the other two assholes had already moved out. <laughs> well, I think it would have found us. We haven't had a problem. I have. I got attacked royally out there one time. Yeah. See, he said, go I'm, move that basketball hoop back there, and I tipped it over, and they swarmed me. Uh, I was running through the yard. So was he. Clearly, I'm the nicest then. They're like, hey, that's a good dude. No, clearly he's the one that doesn't do any work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Okay. Who's going first, and what is the – you said the two parts to this. Yep. S- killing a, a specific deer during the rut. Yep. And the other one is November strategies. Yep. All right. Well, I, I don't care. I'll go first. I think the big – the key that when we get out of that October, there's – So, to give everybody an idea, it's October 24th. Yeah, we got so seven days So, we have a few left. days left before um, we're technically out of October here. And, and right now, I would feel like – I, I do feel like, and hopefully tomorrow one of us will shoot a deer and we'll be right, that we still have some pattern to our deer. Yeah, absolutely. That we still, now, especially this is where I feel like trail cameras can be very crucial. And then if you have intel from trail camera, especially if you have a buck that's been in an area once, twice, three or four times, especially if you're on a, on a scrape, you sit on those scrapes, if you get the wind right, and you could possibly kill that deer there. In another week, 10 days, that's probably going out the window. Not that you can't kill them there, but it'll be at a random time. Could be at noon, could be at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, okay. that's something I believe that Easton is going to be very correct on tomorrow is referring to the fact that with this rain that we've just had now mm-hmm. and then all these leaves dropping, one, as we guys have, have we've told you guys forever now that water is a very important thing to have in your scrapes. So now a lot of these scrapes are going to be refreshing to an extent because it's going to be more powerful on the scent, and then there a lot of them are covered. So there's, I do think if you've got a good scrape that's somewhere near bedding, tomorrow could be a really good day to catch one hitting a scrape, morning or afternoon, at least in our area. The only thing that I wish, the only thing that would make it even better is if it rained all through the night and quit at like 4 or 5 in the morning. Yeah, it, it's, it's supposed to rain pretty late. I don't know I don't if it's know. supposed to be 4 or 5, but it's supposed to go through tonight. Okay, so let's so let's go into November then. Okay, so so where what's going to change for me is once we once we get out of this October where I feel like we still have a pattern to us. One of the things is I won't be keen so much on the scrapes as much as I'll key in an area, and I and I still am a big believer. I don't know if I'm the only one out there, but I believe that white-tailed deer have an area where they prefer to rut or where they're they seek does out. Or they take the does there or the does go there. But something puts them in a specific area. And the one particular area, and I don't care that people know because they can't get there anyhow, is my house is a place where those deer breed. 
and and we only own 50 acres, but I happen to own the 50 acre chunk where those deer want to be when it's time to breed. And I believe there's places like that all over. The, I mean, it could be another half a mile down the road. There's another area, but certain parts of certain farms will hold, harbor the deer when they're ruddy. Yep. And now bucks will pull does off of there and take them to some place that's secluded. That's when you see the buck laying in the middle of the field in the middle of the day where he's standing there and she's laying there because she's doing everything she can just to keep him off of her, you know? And yeah. so, but, um, so that's where my strategy will become more focused on those areas as opposed to a specific spot. Well, I think, um, mine's going to be very similar to that. I'm, I'm a little nervous about, well, I'm not nervous, but so the issue that I've been running into is, as you guys know, one, as far as our October strategies go, because we've had a ton of people listen to that, so thank you. Each of us, with the exception of yourself, has at least seen our target buck or the deer that we were chasing and had an encounter with him. Yours doesn't really count because he hasn't even hasn't shown, shown up. up. So you, there's, you can't do that if he's not there. Anyways, my point with that is the thing that I've learned that I'm having a really hard time with on this deer right now is even though he's there. So now I've gotten pictures of him, got pictures of him, knew he was there, then had an encounter with him and have had daylight photos. Eli and I had him at 40 yards and it was just so much cover still that um, if I could have shot to the edge, I, I could have shot him, but there was so much stuff in the way I couldn't. Um, but is what I've realized with him is even though that spot that I do have the daylight photos because that's what I did say on the October one. If you can get that and you know where he is during the daylight in October, I think you got a great chance of killing him. Well, is what I'm running into that's making it very difficult is with the days that he's entering there, the winds, and how to get into there is almost impossible. Like, I, it's really, really hard for me to get into that specific spot. And then outside of that, there's nowhere that I've been able to narrow him down to that I could go and sit, you know, in that one spot. Now, there's one place that... Uh, where he came along the field edge that Eli and I may keep trying, but I don't know once this wind switches a little more north, it won't work. So the thing that I'm a little concerned about is that he's doing enough of a strategic thing right now that where he's at, I can't get to him. You know what I'm saying? I can't. It's very difficult for me to get within bow range where I am excited for that 30th to November 2nd, third period where he will start looking for does that I think that I'm close enough now that I do have a really good chance at him to be looking for a doe and making a couple rounds or following a doe, and he's a good chance he comes by me. I will. I think I'll be a little more nervous about trying to stay on just him when we get to, you know, the 3rd through the 10th. I think he'll be there, but it's going to be a lot more random. Yep. And, and, and now at the same time, though, and maybe we'll talk about that later on because if he doesn't get killed or something doesn't change – there's a good chance that deer comes back to doing what he's doing now. You get at the end of November can be, and I think you've capitalized on that a few times by killing your deer. Easton's killed a couple of really good deer on the last couple of days of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, now you weren't specifically hunting those deer, but I think you caught those deer in a comfortable place. Yeah. So <clears> what <throat> about you? What is your change? I'm screwed. <laughs> I got no idea because I, I know where my one buck is at right now, and I know for a fact that he's going to be – I see two. I know a couple of things, and I see a couple of large issues. One being, I know that he's going to be, or his general area of where he's working back and forth. And from what I can tell, he doesn't go very far. As far as, I mean, I'm I'm out there a lot. I got cameras in a lot of places. I'm hunting a lot of different places, and there's only two spots that I see him in. 
and it's all connected in one like draw timber. So my concern with that is one, uh, there's, I don't know how many, I was just telling dad earlier today out of the three sits and that new stand that I put in for him, me and Joey have seen at least four to six bucks every sit. And every time it's been a different deer, we've never seen the same deer twice. That what concerns me about that is that there's that many bucks in that one spot. And I think that he, like, he's definitely, from what I can tell, um, is a dominant deer. Like, well, he does not seem like a deer that's going to shy away from a fight from what I, from how he acts. He acts like he's going to, like, this is his spot kind of thing, um, which makes me feel better, but also concerns me with the fact that if there's that many bucks, I don't want him getting run out of there. So I know right now he's there. He has no reason to go anywhere. I, I pray to God that he finds a doe right there because I know they're there, but with competition – um, but with that even being said, I'm scared that <clears throat> if I don't kill him before he finds that first doe, then he's going to find that doe. And then after that, what, like, how long is he going to stay there? And I know I, there's like three options I'd say of where he's going to be end up for after his first couple rounds of does or whatever, and where he's going to be moving to. And I'm not going to have so a that, chance. That puts you in the same position as me that really you need that that first and i guess you can't necessarily put it into dates it's just the dates that i feel like it is you need that first few days where he's expanding his range and looking around his core area still looking for does to try to and hopefully get a shot at him in that time period yeah now i will say the thing that you said earlier as far as deer having certain areas i believe pretty pretty heavily now at this point that there is certain spots where your big buck if he's the dominant one he may not travel very far at all. Contrary to popular he belief that he's going to second all ride. these crazy places, yeah, that that he gets to run this breeding zone, kind of like elk almost, that this is his spot, and he's there all the time. This specific deer that I'm hunting, he that was, I was during the middle of the rut, I was seeing him, you know, I saw him like, I had seven counters with him last year within like a two-week period, and he was doing the same thing, but he was always with does, just like Junior was several years ago. And so I think that he may have been so dominant that he got to run that area and there was enough does for him there so don't that you he think, never had to go anywhere. Don't you think you could do what you did with Junior? I mean, that don't go off of last year, don't worry about this year, and put yourself in those places where you were seeing him last year over and over again and assume that he's going to do it again if, if you don't kill him in October. That's the, that's the strategy. But I think the difference between then and now is at that point last year, when I was seeing him, he wasn't using the wind the way that he is right now. Like, the wind was always in my favor so good that he never had a clue that we were there. This year, all of the information, data, and photos that I'm getting off of him, except for when we when we had the encounter with him, that one was just, I just picked the wrong spot. I didn't expect him to come from where he did. Um, and if, he, if I'd have been on that edge, we would have killed him at probably 25 yards. However... I didn't expect him to come from there. So it seems like right now he's putting himself into positions where I have to take a really big gamble that I'm going to guess exactly where he's going to come out or he's going to win me. You see what I'm saying? So, like, let's just say if it's a – if you've got a field edge and there's a creek bottom and it's a north wind, right, that I need – that he's using that wind, getting that wind in his face – that I have to basically guess where he's going to come out of the bedding area if he's coming from the west or something – that I have to guess where he's going to come out. To be just south of where Just south he's... of where exactly where that spot is in order to kill him. And I haven't been brave enough yet to really push in and try and do that. 
where I think when we get to that same time period that you're talking about, I know he'll do it with where he's not that concerned about doing exact, being as strategic as he is. He'll just follow those does and I'll shoot him. I mean, I do think that that's why I think that here in the next few days, uh, you know, that, that time period when he starts looking for does, I think that I know where to start and that will give me a great chance of catching him because he's going to expand that area a little bit and get, and I can actually get into it. Well, I think a lot of what we're talking about here kind of goes back to some other podcasts that we've done. We've done some on, um, uh, like, uh, well, not October, but the strategy of hunting scrapes and, and doing things like that. Because the one I'm thinking of, like tomorrow, the spot I'm going to, I have a northwest wind. I just put in a brand new stand. I got a scrape right there. And I have seen these bucks come into this religiously. However, if I go, if I fast forward another two weeks, I, I go back and look at 2021. And I had a camera on that scrape back then. I had bucks coming there then. The only difference is I had them at noon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 8 o'clock in the morning, dark. It's more random of when they're coming, where right now it's morning and evening. Morning and evening, that's when I'm getting the most most checks on that scrape. So I think that the biggest thing that we're all dealing with, that what you're fearing, what I think I'm fearing is, you know, we're, we're on these deer. You're close right now if we can arrow them. But otherwise, you're kind of, you you are out you don't have the leg up on them anymore when the rut fully when the first doe comes into heat that takes them off of their trail however there are occasions and it still boggles me because it's the only deer i've ever seen do it and that's junior who could direct I, junior was the only one where it was the same trail trail that's but what I'm juice saying. i would say was fairly similar as far as he was definitely stayed running in that area. area yeah yep. he stayed right there i mean he was in a core area and he wasn't going very far and he didn't need to, i mean otherwise i wouldn't have gotten two shots at him and had five encounters with him yep. you know by knowing he was still here yep you know so i mean i think that the the but as far as strategies go i, I think we're the same thing that we're doing, we're going to be packing the same antlers, the packing the same grunt calls. The Are same you going to change your areas a little bit, though? I know I'll be a little more doe focused. For sure, uh, you know. Um, y- yes and no. Yes, I would. My biggest problem is right now. I don't, and it's not a problem at all. I don't mind hunting again where I'm just hunting deer. I don't have this. The deer that I'm looking for, that I'm hoping to show back up, has not shown back up, and he may not. And I have to be ready to, so I'm not going to not hunt. I got some good deer in other places, and I'll go hunt those. Um, but the particular deer, I have some history with him, and I have some understanding of what he's doing. I feel like he's definitely behind the eight ball if he would just show up. If I could just lay eyes on him one time or get a trail camera photo of him or see him cross the road or something that told me he was in the area. If he was in the area, then I'm sticking to that area because he, he, even though he roams out of it, I'll wait for the day when he loses that doe, and I hope that he comes back. Yep. I do think that they um, – I think that a lot of your November or your rut strategies depends on your buck-doe ratio. For sure. If you got a place – And if you're trying to hunt one or a caliber. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. If you got a place that's got a ton of does, I will, I'll tell you, I believe that you're going to hold your bucks longer, even your big ones, that they probably aren't going to go on near as many escapades. Now, if you have uh, – one-to-one buck-doe ratio, that's where I do think that you could easily have your buck going a mile, two miles, three miles a night trying to find a doe. Us, we have such high deer density in most right. of these places that, and maybe the younger ones have to, Where they're, but I think that we have so many does 
that a lot of them aren't having to travel as far to in order to find does to breed. But that can be a plus, mm. too, having that one-to-one ratio, and your buck goes off somewhere else because someone else's yeah. buck may come to you. Absolutely. You know? I mean, you're going to get some more roaming in there for sure. That's the other thing that you have to be ready to do is don't worry about your trail cameras as much because scrapes, uh, you know, you Field edges and stuff will be great, but you just got to be hunting because you're not going to get near as many photos or the consistency that you were before if you'd figured them out. Like, yeah, you may get a buck running by, but he's probably not going to, you're not going to get him, you know, every few nights on the air at this spot or whatever, unless he's with a doe. Well, I mean, like we've talked about specific deer that, that we've hunted and, and I would like splits was my October deer. The wide 10 was another October deer killing base drop was the strategy was be in the area where he is. And now, fortunately for us, he he hung around a lot of agriculture. What was the date you killed him? I think it was like the 7th or the 9th. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, I thought so. it was a lot later than that. Was that early? Oh, no, maybe. No, no I'm thinking that's the it first. It was like the 17th 15th or 15th. 20th or something. Or tw- Yeah, 20th because it yeah. was because I got a picture. Then I looked at the picture. you were panicking. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean. It was I, the 20th. We'd had him. I mean, I'd seen it. You had seen him. Back in October uh-huh. to start, then I saw him. Trying to remember whether me and you saw him first when well, he came in. Well, that was after we dough. realized he was alive. Yes, because we thought lost that him for three weeks. Killed during early muzzleloader, and yep. then I was checking a card and I said he's not dead. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I'm looking at him, and, and then we started. So then, because you weren't even weren't even hunting him. No, because I thought, thought he was, he was dead. Yeah. Yep. And so then when so then what I did was I moved back into the area, started hunting field edges. That were like small waterways or not waterways, but timber between these areas. I couldn't, and me and you saw that had the first encounter with him when he came in where he bred the doe. Yeah. And then went right back to that same area, and Eli and I are there, and we should have killed him then. You know, I mean, we honestly, when the deer walks underneath your stand, you, and for all intents and purposes, but what happened was, he comes directly underneath us between Eli and I. We're trying to get coordinated. Can we shoot him or not? I can't get a shot. He then chases the doe up on the hill, and I get the full draw on him. And but there's one limb. I can't tell whether it comes down in front of his vitals or not because it's too dark. To I mean, it's not dark, but it's dark enough when I look through my bow, through my bow sight, I can't see. So I elect not to shoot, wait for him to take another step, and then I'm going to stop him. Well, when I do that, he just blows out of there. Well... November strategy would say, now what do you do? You just blew your target buck. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty sure that we had, even though Eli and I talked about it and we tried to convince ourselves, he didn't know what was going on. Well, I meant, meant, meant twice, two, three times at him, you know, and he's looking in the tree and now I'm, but so what I did was go home. I went back to where we had seen him all summer. I figured if he got spooked, if we jumped him, if we pushed him, then let's try going back home, not knowing. And he winded you guys too. No, he did just, not wind us. He just he just saw whatever he heard. He was twenty yards when I you know when I tried to stop him the second time, and the second time he blew and took off. And so we went back one more day, hunted that same spot, no sign of him. So then I said, let's try. I'm going back to his house, where I think that he was living all summer. And sure enough, got in there that morning, and he's the first deer that came by, and we ended up killing him. But at the same time, I wasn't going there because there was a scrape he was hitting. I was going back to a general area, and he was still with the doe. Very easily, I could have not killed him. I could have seen him and not got a shot at him. And mm-hmm. that's just the, you know, the nature. I think that during the rut, 
you got to be even better with your bow than what you are during some other times of the year because your decisions and, and movements and things are going to have to be quick because these deer come running. I don't know how many deer have gotten by us just because they're moving too much. Yep. You know, they won't sit still. But well, it's it's the reason it's so fun is because look at what we're seeing. Oh, yeah, it's super. Every time you hear the leaves crunching or you see a doe, your heart is just boom, 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 boom. I think the thing I'm going to try to do this year and I would recommend to everybody else, you know, now I get it. If your vacation time is the 5th through the 10th or something, um, I mean, I totally understand that. But I'm going to try to stay way more disciplined through that period because I know that once I get, like, well, one, I used to just kill every deer on the 10th. I just got really lucky on November 10th all the time. So if I got, like, a day past November 10th, I'd start to panic. Like, oh, my Lord, I'm not going to kill a deer. I'm not going to kill a deer. And knowing what I know now – I think some of the best hunting is between like the 15th and the, and you know, the 22nd, 25th. Yeah. Well, cause I think there's two periods there. One, I think you get a phase where you're going right back to the beginning, like your October 31st through November 2nd, you know, where now those bucks are having to look quite a bit harder again to find those does. And if you're around their area, there's a good chance that you find them or you do get that new buck at that time period. And then the second part of that is the thing is if you can find your deer and he makes it through that long or the deer that you're trying to kill, that you can get them patterned again because they get so worn out that they're going to food sources and just trying to rejuvenate. And so then you can get them patterned again. It can be really difficult, and maybe they move on you some, but if you can find them, I think you have a good chance there. So I know for me, if I don't have, if I haven't wrapped a tag by that time period, I'm going to try and uh, keep myself, you know, upbeat, positive, and, hey, we're going to be good, you know, because there's still really good hunting ahead. Your season's not over if you haven't killed your deer by – you know, November 10th or November 11th. And I think a lot, I think that happens to a lot of guys. Cause you're just like, you know, this is the time, you know, which it is. I mean, that's definitely the most intense time period, but you can still absolutely, there's a lot of good hunting. I think that's can be a, something that burdens us a little bit is that we start so early that we're looking at this right now. Like we've been hunting for three weeks, you know, which I'm still fresh. I'm still ready to rock. I'll tell you that. But I, but we've had times where we get to like November 5th and I feel like we've been hunting forever. I'm rejuvenated because I got a new spot. I'm, yeah. I'm excited about my new spot. I'm lost in <clears throat> thought now that because I'm sitting here thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking about now how good worried. tomorrow morning is going to be, and I'm sitting here like how I'm going to go in, what I'm going to do. I like because I was going to say in the morning, let's just go. Uh, I was just going to take Joey. Now I'm going <laughs> to tell Joey in, in the morning. Seat. I'm telling Joey he's filming because I think I would have a really good chance of killing my boy tomorrow morning. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I'm literally just sitting here thinking about so everything see. that Hold they're on, saying. Gotta, I'm like, ooh, you got to explain yeah. <laughs> who Joe. So Joey is Easton's best friends, or one of. He's got several best friends, but he's one of his best friends. And and Joey he's has one that's not a dog. Yeah, and Joey has not. Um, I didn't have to pay he, Joey to be my friend. <laughs> he just started hunting. Just started bow hunting. He's been hunting with us. So you helped him kill his first turkey. Yeah. Um, helped him kill his first deer with a gun or first, first buck. buck. First buck with a gun, and then. Just recently, he killed. He took up bow hunting. This year is his first year to bow hunt. Easton took him and he killed a doe. So, but he hasn't killed a buck yet. So Easton's been trying to help him do that, and he's been close. You know, he's had he's several drawn multiple bucks. Right, but he's waiting for just that right shot, and, yes. and which is awesome. It and is. It's really being good. Patient. And so let's. That's well, good that he is patient because I put him in the back seat every once in a while. <laughs> so let's play this game now. Let's say so. Now you, we're in the same scenario. Right, we know roughly where our deer is. We have a pretty good idea, and the rut is coming, and so we don't want to lose track of him. How 
do you really risk it for the biscuit? And you go in there, even if it's somewhat a possible marginal marginal win, but you know he's going to be there. Or do you just try to get as close as you can while still playing it safe and see if he'll show up and wait, try to wait those few days till he starts seeking does a little bit more. Right now, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I might make some big boy moves, unlike moving on him, but I ain't. I'm ain't not going doing a in. marginal win right now because now, now if I knew, like if I was seeing him multiple days, well, so like, like this, put yourself in my scenario where I, if I'm gonna go in there to where I could kill him during the day, I have to go in on a win that it's going to be dicey. Do you do it and say, okay, I know where he's at right now. I know he's going to be there, so I'm going to go for it. Or do you elect the thing that makes me say I'm going to not do that is what Dad pointed out, that he was doing it last year, so I think he'll do it again, and I won't have to run the risk of letting him win me in his bedroom. Uh, in, in your situation, I don't I don't know why you haven't been hunting him harder. I, I would be all That's what over I'm saying him. Is if you look at it, you can't get in there without he's going to win you. I, I don't understand that. Like well, maybe I, I can maybe show you where on you're the getting map, maybe that because you, you're trying to get so close to him. That's but, the problem. Is that's the only way that I know where it's big timber. You know, so yeah, if you know where, he, I know where he's going to be within. If you know where he's yards. at, and you know the wind, and you need to hunt him. Get to the as close as you can to where you're comfortable, and take the gamble that maybe he comes and maybe he doesn't instead of going. All the way in. Yep. Not, instead of just not hunting him. Dad, dad can attest because I tried. <laughs> you can't get in there. No, I'm that's saying. What, did you, didn't we? No, I'm saying not go all the way in where you need to be. That's what I'm saying. Is it's the it's so freaking thick. Like it's there. It's there's no in between. Like you either have to go and and sit on top of his head, or you got to back off a little bit. Like well, then you need to go in there in, in the middle of the night and you need to sleep in your stand. And just wait for him to come by in the morning when it gets gets to be light. Then you're already there. You if he was like, <laughs> if he was like, two eighty, I would probably do that. Two eighty okay, well, with double drops. Otherwise, I don't know what to tell you. It's, uh, all I can tell you is that <clears throat> in your situation, I'd be a heck of I'd be risking a lot more with where he's at. I the the people that can hunt him. Uh, what about uh, so the one thing? Because I think we've hammered on whether or not he should be hunting him or not. Pretty good. What about time of day? Does that change for you guys when we go from October to November? Because I know right now, primarily we're hunting mornings and evenings, and mornings not even as much or as hard as we do the evenings. I'll um, typically sit later and get in earlier. Like like if I'll, I mean I'll sit later. Are you referring in, in to all morning. day sits and stuff? Yeah, or just. Our different approaches. I'll sit. I mean, I'll sit. Like depending depending on the situation, uh, I'm gonna agree with him in some circumstance. I don't like to sit all day. When I would sit all day would be that November fifteenth to twenty fifth, and I have one stand that I would sit all day because every year, for whatever reason, they sh- some new freaking monster buck shows up one day at some random time after the rut's already done, and I never see him again. Or anything. So if I was banking on something, I'd be sitting in there. Otherwise, the only thing I change is whenever I get in the stand in the morning, I'm sitting until eleven or twelve, depending on the deer movement, and then I'm back in at two. Like I'm, I'm literally back in or just go getting out long enough to grab lunch and stretch a little bit, and then or go to McDonald's in, or go to McDonald's. Eli's laughing back there because he loves hunting with me. Because I will say right now, Warren Holder, is unless is going, will never ever do an all-day sit at all unless it's like 
total. It, it would literally probably up. have to be a 230 plus. Like, if we're being realistic, even a 220, I feel like I could kill him in the morning or evening. We get like 230 at like 230 plus, and he's got to have the double drops, though. Otherwise, I don't care that much. He's got to have the double drops. And then I would, and I felt like it was going to give me some advantage. Then I would consider sitting all day. But, well, let me tell you why. This is why. Okay. I can't wait to hear why. It's very simple. Because you're dead wrong. Dead this, wrong. This I'll, I'll disagree with you 155%. Would you let me, me get it? Time. Would you go. let yeah. me get it out? Yeah, I'll let you get it out because it'll be last time I listen to it. Ooh! Okay, no, I want to I'm going to make sure you hear it again tomorrow, then, okay. or the next day, and the next okay, day. Okay, let's hear day. your theory. This is why you will not find Warren Holder sitting all day sits because it takes the fun out of it for me. I think that I end up – It's. I'm not saying that it doesn't work. I think you can absolutely have some advantage to sitting all day. For me personally, it makes it where it's not that fun. I feel as though I'm uh, – I don't enjoy it. I feel like I'm trying to torture myself and force myself to do something I don't want to do. And deer hunting for me is supposed to be something that I love to do and I is, enjoy it and, I, and it's fun. So that right there is why you won't see me doing an all-day sit because I just don't have the patience to do it. Well, here's my thing with the situation. I don't do an all-day sit unless I'm getting to the point like I just stated earlier. But I lost what I was going to say. <laughs> Great information. Yeah. I forgot. It'll come back to me. Just keep talking. Okay. Well, the reason that I <laughs> – so I have patience. So how you. am I wrong then on my – Well, you know, it's not necessarily that you're wrong in how you feel, but, but I think that you are missing the opportunity. So your statement was wrong. No, I'm saying oh, yes, that yes. you're, you're I mean, really if we're going to be your tactic. Here, if what we're talking, said makes no sense. We're talking strategies. Oh, and, I remember. And the, I remember. Go ahead. Okay, I think that uh, hunting people, people that are like going all hunting in. People, you're hunting people. No, hunting people that are all in. <laughs> I see what you're saying. But there's a comma in there, right? Uh, especially us are the definition of insanity. And the reason why I say that is because we put it. Well, I say mean you then because Warren doesn't. Put in all this work during the summer, doing all these different things, like th- literally what six to eight months of preparation, pretty or, easily. Or ten. Yeah, and then you're doing all that every single year for sixty seconds, a minute and a half. So you're already insane. First off, just looking at it from a second, or like an outside perspective. I why would agree. do we do what we do? You but, two are insane. Yes. But is anyway? But it. But it's worth it. I think it's worth it too. Hundred. If you're already that insane, you might as well take a day and just sit all day, anyway. So. But just, the, here's the thing that I keep trying to explain, and it's not. It, I don't like advocate that you have to sit all day or you won't kill a deer. What I'm saying is, if you're not sitting all day, sometimes in in certain places when you think. The, yes, the instance that we, me and you had, we have we see two booners out of the same tree on the same morning, and we have nothing but deer movement going on. And then one of the booners comes back. Everything as a hunter tells you we have to stay. We got to be here all day. That's the Nick and I last year we climb into a, a, a spot. So you're saying that though more for the purpose of not busting deer necessarily Absolutely. than one coming by. No, what because what, what I'm saying is I've killed more deer probably even. If I go look at my big deer or just deer in general, more bucks between 9.30 and 11.30, probably the, or maybe even 9.30 and noon than any other time. 9.30 isn't even, that's still morning. Yeah, but it's later morning. I know a lot of people because when time changes and it's getting daylight at 6, three hours and guys are out. They're going for breakfast or going for brunch or whatever you want to call it. 
but three hours is kind of the uh, okay they didn't come by and i and i find that four or five hours seems to be dragon was one that we'd been there a while i don't remember what time it was when you shot but it was late in the morning 9 30 or 10 yeah 9 30 or so okay it wasn't that late well, let's so let's go through so, these so base drop base drop was a first thing, first in, the thing in the morning that's the only one that i can think okay, of that i've been killed before that uh was it juice the year before that um juice was like 9 a.m 9 30 but the but the first time no, that was that i shot him was 21 and then so you, you killed somebody between there because that or no that was base drop yeah and then who'd you kill last year the straight, straight up. up straight up and that was evening. evening late evening okay juice then who was before splits was what time in the morning Eight thirty nine o'clock. Okay, probably. and then who else have you killed? The wide ten was afternoon, in the afternoon. Mid afternoon. Big eight was what time? Late afternoon. Man, I, I'm sure missing out. No. What, what about you? How because, many have you killed? Okay, in the middle of the day? but here's the thing: how many encounters did I have with Juice where it was middle of the day? You know how many I've killed in the middle of the day? No, because I ain't never sitting right. There. <laughs> so, but I can't yeah, tell you. I'm just you. gonna go ahead and be the devil's advocate for both of you. You're wrong. And How you're many wrong. have you killed in the middle of the day? Would you listen? You're wrong, and so are you. You, you're there's tons of different situations where you could sit in the middle of a day and kill a deer. And I know for a fact right now, if you look at my trail camera, that's 20 yards from one of my stands, I could have killed big deer, but I was too stupid to be in there. But those were 8 a.m. Eastern. No, they're you were not sleeping at 12 o'clock and one o'clock in times like that. But there's also times where there's, it's not necessary. You don't need to sit in there all day. There's no use to sit in a so two-foot platform. I could see an instance where you had Bullwinkle and Ralph, two <clears throat> booners, and there's no way to get out. That I would, even me, I would have really been thinking about probably sitting all day there. Mom, kill, mom kills her biggest Me dude. looking back on it, I would not be thinking about it at <laughs> all. It would be freaking <laughs> stupid to get out of the stand. Going back to mom's biggest deer ever out of the ground blind that day, and we didn't plan on sitting all day, and she kills 150-inch deer late. Now, so if you want to go by the time she shoots, it's 4.45 in the evening. However, we never made it more than 10, 15 minutes without seeing a deer, and we saw two other shooters in the middle of the day, noon, and she just couldn't get a shot. And so last year when Nick and I sit for I, – I only sat all day, I think, two or three times, but the one that I can recall – we only saw, I think that, was it only three bucks that we saw? Or did we see other deer in the morning? Can't remember. We saw a deer in the morning, but we saw the 10 that was back behind. Yep, we saw the 12. The 12 that came home. And then the old 7. Yep, and that was kind of towards the evening. Yeah. And we saw three different deer at morning, afternoon, and then right before the evening. But th- two of the three were mature deer, and we saw them in the middle of the day. And we, I would have missed that. Now, what I, do you consider middle of the day? Because like, oh, like, like 11 to 1. 11 to 1. Because, yeah. like, if, when I say that I'm not sitting all day, like, all I need to do is get out and go, if it's good weather and we've been seeing deer, is go get some lunch, you know, probably take a shit, and then I'm ready to go. But other than that, I just need to be able to get out for a little bit and come back. What? I'm not – I'm sorry. In the elk woods, I'll take a shit in the woods. In deer hunting, there's too many toilets close by. Was anybody questioning you on where you take a dump? I don't know, but I'm I don't just, know how you got there. But I guess my point is, so the, the method. You, you the, know, otherwise you got to change your whole schedule if you're sitting in the stand all day. Just because these guys don't, or he doesn't, never going to sit all day. Easton may be moving toward that. Um, be, it's you. I do think that there's a strategy in that alone, and that is 
finding that place where you do feel like that you can catch those deer cruising going from one place or to another. The intersection where he and I were hunting last year is perfectly that, and that's exactly how we saw those bucks. They they came and were just coming by. They weren't like they didn't pass in the distance or anything like that. I knew we were in a corridor where they would cut from one field to the other to go back into the block of timber. All three of the deer were within shooting range. I just weren't deer that I wanted to kill. So that's a that's the one that I can think of the most. But I can tell you that sitting a lot of times till 11 30 12 o'clock one of the the another deer you would tell me the deer i killed in illinois with david mitchell where we were talking about a deer blowing i killed that deer at 4 45 in the afternoon 25 30 minutes before dark but i saw that deer at 11 30 in the afternoon in the morning and along with nine other bucks one hot doe came by and the whole freaking entourage and mitch and i end up doubling up out of that tree and the only reason that i got out of the tree is because my cameraman had to go to a birthday party. So I got out of the tree, ran down to the house, got Mitch, and we got right back in. We were out of the tree maybe 30 minutes. And I was like, we got to be back in this tree because we... But then you didn't shoot till 4.30. No, but we saw all the bucks except for the one that I shot. Mitch shot at like 1 o'clock, 1.30 in the afternoon. the fact of sitting all day, too, is not necessarily the fact that you're shooting a deer at 2 o'clock or 1 o'clock. It's the fact that you didn't bust a deer going in. You didn't bust a deer going out. You're there. Because I have have a spot right now that I think that I... Actually, I don't think... I've had one of my biggest deer during daylight consistently there, anywhere from 11 to like 2. If I wanted to shoot him, I would go sit... I would get into that stand, as crazy as it sounds, at like 7.30 or 8, and then sit till... Probably 11 either to till, right now. Yep. Kramer. I don't think I've seen those photos. Like I consistently? Have, yeah, multiple times now. Interesting. Okay, Walking so, by or making a scrape, and it's 30 yards from a stand. Or well, so here's stand. what I would say is, and the reason that the all-day sit becomes a November strategy and not an October strategy is because I don't believe even the urge to go hit a scrape is enough to get a big buck off of his feet and make him go there at 11 o'clock. Once breeding starts, I do believe that those deer now know, especially the deer that we're talking about hunting, five-year-old deer, been through breeding cycles before, they now know these does are in heat and there's only so much time and they got to compete with other bucks that when they come off that doe, they don't care whether it's 9 o'clock in the morning or 11 or 1. They'll make the transition to go from this spot to the other and I'll use Junior for an example. We He kept coming out that same trail, yet Mom and I were sitting in a stand that one day. That's when we figured out that he wasn't going anywhere. And he came by us right when we got in the stand at like 2.30 in the afternoon. I mean, we were hours before. he. We didn't sit all day, but we saw him the moment we got in. And then you guys ended up seeing him come back out that same trail. But he was with a doe when you saw him. When we saw him, he was by himself. So, yep. um, So my point is, is that... I think that what we're talking about is a November strategy lengthen at least lengthen how long you sit because it really yeah, sure. doesn't matter what time of day it is. You're still going to see more deer movement probably at daylight and dark or right before then, just like always. But you will see deer movement, especially the right deer movement, the right deer movement at other times of the day that you didn't see at any other time. Have you ever have you ever killed one in the middle of the day? I got the buck that I'm thinking of right now from uh, Saskatchewan with Kurt. I shot him at exactly 12 o'clock because we were going to go get lunch because we had said we're sitting all day. Is that we had, during the rut up there? No, okay. Like November 5th. Oh, the one with like the double inside tines? Yep. What time was that one? Exactly noon. 
because like, we were going to go. He we but like Canadian times like two hours ahead, right? So it was really like ten Canadian <laughs> time. It doesn't. So there there, well, okay, time. here's so the thing: the time no, zones I'm don't change as you go north. It you. goes east and west. <laughs> Kids these days. The fact that you swear by it, and the fact that you just think it. <laughs> no, I'm just not. I'm just giving you guys crap now because it's way too easy to push your buttons. No, I'm no because you're sitting there telling him how wrong he is. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I have. N- I could. If Dad wants to sit in the stand all day, I could care less. But I am not sitting in the stand all day. I don't I care at all. I can't all. wait till all he gets I am a saying, picture though, of Magnum. Is if well, Magnum's up in the middle of the day. I guarantee. Yeah, it. yeah, he, but I, but, but he's uh, also but, in the evening and in the morning. Yeah, but you so have camera. But my point is, when you don't kill him, when you think you're going to, in the day you get out of your stand, and there he is at eleven thirty in the. It would take day. the fun out of it because I'm just feel like I'm tying myself to a tree. I well, go you nuts. Really are. That's why, you like, are. and I think that's just the type of hunter you are Tying too. Because there's some the whitetail guys that that they live and breathe this. That's probably why I like elk hunting more than I do deer hunting. because I don't, I'm not so stuck move? on a platform. Because I can go out there and hunt Damn. all of September, and then I come back here and hunt during okay October November. What are some of the other strategies that we're talking about? I mean, so does it change? I named one earlier. Does it change though? Calling? Do we do it like decoys? And I know we wanted to keep decoys. To, We've told said three times. We're, we're gonna not going to. We have I know, but are you going to employ them during the rut? No. We See, are going to wait till we have Shane to discuss okay. that. He's our decoy expert. I'm not trying to go. Our to, decoy demagogue. All right, I'm not going deep into decoys, but other than that, I would say that that's when that becomes less likely. Right now is probably the best time to be using one. You know, this this last week of October before the rut really gets going, because this is when those bucks will be most susceptible to come to it. The only thing different I'm doing when it gets to November is uh, sitting longer, typically, both sides of the sit. If I, in a sit, certain situations, like, I remember, I can't believe another one, me and Warren got out of a stand, I don't know why, your first ever deer in Iowa, we knew where that deer was. And it was a small piece of timber. You guys got really lucky. Yeah. Are you? Didn't we kill him after school? No. No. We sat that morning. Watched you guys him. came he out. Never, met me and mom. Yeah. He never came. Uh, he kept working up the fence and everything, and wouldn't come over to us. So we got out at lunch to meet mom and dad. That's where the tailgate, the picture of me and you on okay. the tailgate with your with ranger pizza. is. And uh, that was not intelligent and because the way you had to get out. Then we was, went right back in and killed him. That's my point. Is we got lucky as hell because <laughs> yeah. the way we got out. Okay. You can't, you can't That talk stuff was you. thick across there, remember? No, it doesn't matter, though. We were walking up the opposite hillside. If he was bedded anywhere over there, all he had to do was look up and see us walking over a freaking hill and then walking back into the same hill right to him. I like those stupid ones. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So I do remember the day that you and I got out of school and saw a freaking tank there. We ran to the stand. Yeah, we, <laughs> we literally sprinted to the stand. <laughs> Well, because he was heading towards the stand, so East and I's thought process was we're going to beat him. And so we take off running across the field, which I'm sure looking back now, they absolutely saw oh, us. yeah. Just 100%. streaking across this field. But it was a big deer. Like it's this, the first time I've ever heard this story. No, we told you about it because I don't think we had we pictures did tell of this you deer. About well, I remember it you was guys... like a 180-inch 10, thinking back to it. I would definitely say like probably 160 to 70 going off the amount of – Big deer. We had not seen at that point. In it was life. a big, big he was deer. Huge though, like right. No, I remember you guys talking because he was across the fence. Yeah. You guys were able yes. to see him right there. Yeah, no, I I get it. But the only, anyways, the only things I'm doing is sitting longer, mornings and evenings, 
And then what I was getting to in a situation like that first year, when he's bedded within 100 yards of you, uh, if it's a deer I'm trying to kill, just suck it up. And Wait sit. him out. Yep, because I'm not going to – I wouldn't take that risk again. And I also wouldn't do the uh, Bullwinkle and Ralph situation McDonald's. again. Granted, at that but, time, but I wasn't prepared. I was going to say, yeah, you're a kid. Kid, and, and at the one the one thing you got to look at there is so what Easton's alluding to, I think, that w- helped so someone would understand. Even if you're planning on doing what Warren's doing, you're going to get out at lunch. Make sure you throw a few snacks in your bag. Just in case. Just in case you get stuck there. The other one was make sure that you dress for the correct weather, even yeah. if it's warmer and something happens. And in, in, in that morning, as much as I make fun and you wanted McDonald's, that was, it was just cold. Your feet were cold. Yeah. And that was and because you just simply had put on the wrong boots. And I was like, why? Well, I still are you? didn't have a pair that I really was like. Right. When you were, this, what, 15, 14? I don't know. I don't care how old I was. I, I should have been able team. to nut up. No, he no, was I'm, older than that. Really? I still, yeah, because we're only talking. 15 or something. You just killed him four, five years ago. Bullwinkle? Yeah. That was 2019. It wasn't five years okay, ago. Okay, so four years ago. So it was two Three. years before that. So Three years ago. Yeah, 20. What, 2022? Right. Or, okay, this, this is 20. You killed him in You killed him in 19? Yes. Math, okay, math so two years before that. So 17. Well, if you're so counting in, this year. I'm not talking about you. So I'm in 2017, he yeah. was not. 13 years old because he was born in 2000. This thing is hard. Yeah, okay. This thing uh, is hard. <laughs> I did, I I'm going to take a, my shoes off here in a minute if I got to count any higher. I I did have a time that I got out of a, the stand with a shooter at 100 yards, and it was because the I had Thor. That um, These guys have video of him when it was – there was it was uh, 2018. I think I remember you texting me and saying, you guys are getting out and going to lunch. No, we got out, and the only reason I got out is because it was so freaking cold. If yeah, you remember, there was a time in November, like the first week, like it there was it was like negative. It was like um, actual temperature of like negative six or negative seven or something with like a fifteen to twenty mile an hour wind, and so it was like negative twenty yeah. something. And he bedded with a doe, I'm sure, and he did like a hundred some yards. And Bryce and I stuck it out for like maybe an hour, and we were both just like, I was like, he ain't big enough. Let's go. And then we also had another buck that was bedded at 15 yards. He didn't get up. I have no idea why. It was the weirdest thing. That deer did not get up and just let us get down and keep going. He was cold, too. He was froze to the ground, I yeah. think. He was stuck. So, and, and that's not what I'm not saying that someone needs to make themselves miserable. You have to dress for, you know, that you can stay there, take a couple snacks with you if you need to drink something. I, I'm fortunate in that I don't eat or drink much when I'm hunting, and that's just me. Never have. So I don't have to carry much, but, and then I, and then I will stay whether I'm seeing them or not, if I think I'm in the right place. And, but if I don't think that, you know, I mean, if I haven't seen a deer all day and, um, I don't feel like I'm in the right spot. Now, sometimes not seeing a deer all day is why I stay because I feel like they haven't gotten here yet. You know, there's certain places that we know deer coming from a food source that takes them, how many places do we hunt where we're like, oh, we won't see them until seven thirty, eight o'clock? You That's know, all of my places. Yeah, you know that. You know, there's no food on it. They have to get right. there. So there's other places that you have that you're like, okay, we should see deer immediately. If we don't see them, then something's wrong. And then there's places that I can tell you, it would be pointless to sit all day. Yep. You know, um, other than maybe I do get in there in the morning and someone goes by, or and then I'm like, okay, the only way I could get in here is to stay here to catch them coming back. So there's just different things that you have to look at. But um, I definitely, I mean, but I'm a guy that will sit all day for a turkey. 
So, yeah, nuts. You know. Okay, any other strategies? I'm trying to think of anything else I'm doing different in November. Well, I think tree stand, <clears throat> I think sometimes our tree stands change a little bit in that we hang a lot of stands in accordance to cover. And if when I'm hanging stands in November, I know that I'm trying usually, because I notice that I go to five sticks instead of four because I'm trying to get higher because there is no cover. Uh, you know, and that's where I seek out clusters of trees and try to put my stands in clusters of trees to get some background because you can get silhouetted where a lot of our stands right now are lower. Yeah. You know, because there is, because the first week and a half or 10 days of Iowa hunting, it's freaking tough to see if yeah, you're hunting if the timber. you don't have good enough lanes cut, it's pretty much. You can have deer at 20 yards and yeah. you can't shoot well, it. Well, it's just like, or they I, just when I had on you. the deer I was on the other day, I would, now I probably could have shot him. From the time when Eli and I went back and sat there, the one day you couldn't shoot, I couldn't shoot any, at all to my left. The other day I could have shot 40 yards to the left. Just so many leaves. We had that with a, the one big tree that was next to our stand. We hunted the morning, covered in leaves, we hunted the afternoon, it was bare. And so, and so that would bring up another strategy that I would say, and we do, we do it, you're doing it all the time now, and that is a hang and hunt. And that's exactly what a saddle is. You, you guys are... This is where we need to be. You go in, you climb up, you're sitting. Um, I would say that it's not uncommon for us. I'll use, I thought when you were talking about the day that was so good that the two of you had, I thought you were talking about at the house that day when you guys, when you killed uh, Bully. Yeah. Bully. You know, that you guys saw all those deer that morning and they went in there. And then that we was went, an epic day. Yeah, and then we go in and we hang a stand. Now we definitely are using the tractor as a deterrent See, in my opinion that's not even just a rut thing that's not a november strategy i would do that any time of the year if i needed to like if i if i knew that the buck was bedded in there and there's no way i was going to be able to get to him any other way and that's like that situation and there's probably a good chance he'd cut up i'm probably going to hang a stand to hunt that evening and do it but i would do that october or november yeah if you get the right situation yeah what about uh do you ever deploy any kind of spot and stock stuff during November? I think you could. We the reason that we did don't do it as much is there's two of us all the time because we have a cameraman. I well, the thing I would say that is I think it can be scenario based because I had two instances last year. One where if I'd have done what I was doing, we would have killed a deer. We came got out of our stand to go to lunch and yep. and this good buck with a doe in the middle of this bean field, and there was one little group of trees. What time of day was this? Uh, probably noon, something like that. Yeah, they're bedded out in the bean field. You couldn't mm-hmm. get to them. Yeah, but I think, like I up said, on their feet at noon. That doesn't sound they right. They weren't on their feet. I got video. They were bedded. They were visible, though. But I know where this story is going. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they get up. Yeah, like I said, you guys can do it. It just takes the fun out of it. I, and plus, it would have been way cooler to kill them off Sometimes the ground. Sometimes you're just right. I talked to, I said, <laughs> you can't be right on Oh, I knew I that would get him. <laughs> I knew it would. He was well, not going to be able to just let it go. If these deer get up, and maybe they'll come over to us. And sure enough, they freaking did. And if I would have done that, we might have got a shot at them. Now, the second one was same thing. This one was way later in November, November 21st or something like that, that another deer was with a doe in heat. And her and I, I told her, I said, we can kill this deer. And so we ran down this drainage that had some bales in it and stuff, and they were in a standing cornfield. And they'd come out, and, like, he was chasing her. You could tell they didn't run off or anything. So we went to this, got to the edge of that field, and I told her, I was like, that doe comes out here, and he's chasing around, you know, like that? We're going to get a shot. Well, for whatever reason, he kept coming to the edge of the standing corn underneath this one tree, 
And then they would go back. And they did that like four or five times. And then we finally got close enough to dark. I told her, I was like, man, we should just run up there. And she's like, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, I don't know either. And then finally he did again. And we were getting close. And I was like, there's no way he could make it here. And I said, we're going to sprint up there. And so I, then I watched him go back in the corn. And we sprinted 150 yards across all this open stuff, got next to the fence line. And he was coming out of the same tree. I have no idea why. And got to that fence. And it wasn't. Two and a half minutes later, and I told her, draw, because I could hear him coming through the corn, and she comes to full draw, and he freaking steps out at 16 yards, and she couldn't quite see her pin. And then he took him probably 15 seconds, and then he looks over and sees us, and he's like, wow, and goes back into the corn. I wish we could have killed him, because it would have been the, it had been freaking epic. It had been so well, cool. So, for sure, that, but I mean... That was a situation. I was going to say, that's a situation that any of us would do at any time. The difference is you're not going to see that in October where you possibly yeah. see that in November or December even. Yeah. Or a big, if you can find a, two bucks going at it. Long oh, enough. yeah. And just go at them. Yeah. I almost did that with my deer last year. They went at it for 15 minutes. Yeah. I made, My biggest mistake was on an antelope, two antelope fighting. And I, I talked myself out of going 300 yards across wheat stubble field in the wide open and they had so much dust going that they couldn't see and I was like they won't keep fighting 15 minutes later I never made the track and I could have walked over and shot either one of them there's no good way though to judge that because I had that, that was I heard these two deer start fighting and it was like it was from the the first time they locked antlers was like hard going at it like you could tell that they were not just going to hit and then be done so i figured they'd be doing it for a little bit at least but the longer and longer you sit there and question yourself in my opinion it's gonna be like a 50 50 if they are going at it hard enough and you can get to them quick enough they're gonna have no idea you're there if they're not you're gonna get caught with your pants down halfway you're you're gonna be (laughs) 200 (laughs) yards away from somewhere you don't want to be and they're gonna be like look at this dummy running across the field (laughs) it's pretty abnormal way to go and i haven't done it but it, 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 there's no way it couldn't work. In my, and I've talked to plenty of people that have done that. Oh, I know guys that killed two big bulls and shot both of them. Well, you killed your bull, one bull that way. Well, not they weren't fighting, but they were coming back to fight. Yeah. And and I'd seen them do it multiple times. So, yeah, they just weren't locked up. when. But I agree with you. that. So I think those are scenario more than yeah, necessarily right a strategy. Situation. But I guess it's something to think about that you don't have to stick to the just – Normal, everyday, you know, you need to be very cautious when you're going in. You may actually walk right up on a buck um, cruising by. At, I you always know. have my release on me going in and out. Yeah, and yeah, well, that's that a huge now, but, strategy I mean, or a huge tip for someone to think about that don't have that release in your pocket or strapped on your bow when you're going in during the or rut. Or your bow strapped on your back. Yeah. Yeah. I know people Carry that... It. Yeah, uh, carry arm. your bow and be ready yep. to, you know, for anything to happen. I, I I would love to know how many people fill a tag on their way in or on their way out, you know. Um, I've been waiting on that day. I was just telling you that the other day. I said, I can't wait till the day we're walking in and we catch one or we can see him bedded and we can sneak up and shoot him. That would well, be you, awesome. Do you remember the day that me and you were going, we were hunting juice. We saw him out of the, over there just um, south of the house or straight west of the house. I mean, straight east of the house. We saw him in the morning? No, it was in an afternoon. When he came up and I manned at him and I wasn't even at full draw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember when we got to that tree, that buck was rubbing the tree? Yeah, and, yeah. And here we were on the ground watching that buck rub on that tree. Had that been a big buck, 
I mean, we had he had no clue that no, we were there. You could have lined a tree up with him. There's a couple big ones that you could have walked right, right up to right 30 to yards him. or something and I'm shot, shot him. The other one you can do, if you get lucky enough to find it, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I could have done it, is I was going out for lunch one day in the middle of November, and I was pulling out of the field, and I look over, I'm in a partially grown bean field, and I'm like, there's no way. It's not. And I looked through my binoculars, and there's a bedded buck, like 7,500 yards away. And he looked like a pretty good buck, so I had no idea. So I sat there and looked at him for a second. He wasn't even paying attention to me. I'm like, no freaking way. And the wind was blowing right in my face. So I jump out of my truck, grab my bow. I'm like, all right, if it works, it works. If not, I guess I don't really care. This will just be kind of something cool. And so I just got a couple rows over where he couldn't really see me, and I started sneaking up. Well, I get to the point where I think that I'm like, I'm like there's no reference. I can't, like, pick a tree and say, okay, he's 20 yards from that. So when you can't see where he's at, you have something to go off of? Well, it's in the middle of a field, so I don't know. So I'm like, man, I feel like I'm really close to this deer. Like, he's got to be right here somewhere. And so finally I'm like, ah, I must have busted him. I just couldn't see it or something. Well, I stand up, and I look over, and like five yards away, he's still there. I'm right there. And so at this point I'm like, okay. And I'm looking at him now. I'm like, yeah, he's got pretty good antlers, but I don't think I'd want to shoot this deer. And <laughs> I don't he think sees he's big you? enough. He's looking at me now. And so at this point, though, I'm like, okay, is this deer sick? I have a video of it. Yeah. Not, like, next to him, but in the, through the spotting scope. And I walk up to him. I'm like, me to dad, looking at this thing. Like, uh, you good, dude? And so that, I was on the phone with you. I called you during it. I think I remember that. Or, like, yeah. right after it. Right. So I was like, uh, I don't want to kill this deer, but if he's hurt or injured, do you think that I should, like, call the DNR or something? Or should I just put my tag on him? And This is Kind of this was post rut, and so, he's so just worn out. well, so I and he was skinny, skinny, and uh, Dad said, "Well, I'd maybe go to lunch, and if you come back and he's still there or hasn't really done anything, then maybe consider figuring out what to do with it. But if he's gone, I'd imagine he was just exhausted and worn out. Well, came back and he was gone, and I'd known the deer. I knew what deer. I ended up finding pictures of him, and he, I mean, he'd been going. He was all around. So I mean. That's just if you can Did find he a make buck. It, you think? I haven't seen him since, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know if somebody killed him. I don't know if something else did, but you could definitely tell that he he genuinely seemed like he was just flat out exhausted. Oh well, mm-hmm. I mean, so if you could find a buck in Bruce that situation, but. kills a deer one year. That I mean, deer came in, laid down, and not laid down like head up, laid right down like a side. dog on his side, and he walks up and shoots him. And they will, they'll work themselves to the point where they just can't go especially fighting mm-hmm. I, if you've ever cut two deer apart which we have you'll oh, see yeah. how exhausted they were i just saw another one yesterday on one of the social media deals and these guys get them cut apart and when they get cut apart i mean the one deer takes off but the other one can't collapse i mean well he's but he eventually gets to his feet but you sometimes those deer die just because they are just Their exhaustion just putting their body through so much yeah every bit of energy yep so well, I think that's some that should help someone. I think really to go into this October. I mean, go from October into November. Um, you know, and and I think things change a little bit, but where you might go back to your October style later in November. You know, as opposed to that. But man, that rut. It definitely your 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 style is going to have to change a little bit. Yeah. So. Anyhow, guys, we sure appreciate you, and we hope that we've covered some another topic for you that um, 
will help you get close to your deer. If you kill one, take a picture of it, send it to us. That's something that we probably neglected to ask for. But your reviews, that's been the biggest one. And then keep sending what you guys are looking for on the podcast, and we'll keep trying to do them. Um, and we're going to continue to keep hunting, and we're all going to have a little bit different style of what we're going to do. And, yes, we get angry at each other and we argue, but at the end of the day, um, it, it, no one's going to approach anything the same way. They're just not going to do it. So we're all like going to – Like we said before, we, we're not telling you how to hunt. We're just telling you our experiences. Do absolutely. Do works for you, you know? Yep, and so hopefully some of our experiences, as but what I love to see is that our experiences come out in some of these discussions. Someone has an exact, Easton's talking about a deer he walked up on. We're talking about two deer that are fighting, or a deer you, you, and, you and Alyssa almost killed last year, or me and mom, or whatever. So there's scenarios that we've run into, so that, that hopefully gives some credibility to what we're saying, that we're this is actually happening to us. So we're going to go out and continue to... Um, get some more experiences we'll we're gonna have to do a podcast on um how not to hunt them because we have a lot of days when we don't see a deer that's something that people under need to understand that every day ain't right for us either we have a lot of days where we don't see or we may see very few deer we see this morning nick and i saw two does a doe and a fawn and that was it and and i would tell someone that i knew the the weather was bad but austin powers shut up you guys are idiots But anyhow, we're just trying not to trying to tell you that we don't have all the answers. But thanks for listening. I'm sorry you have to listen to these two, but you know we'll deal with it any way we can. Crystal, quit licking hey, Dan's ear. We just want to make sure that everybody knows too that Leave we, we support the environment. Okay, and so when he starts rambling, the reason we're stopping him is so he stops killing Save all the oxygen, killing all the useless trees. And before he tries to take useless credit, trees. I got it from my dad. They are not useless trees. He's useless words to kill trees. So that's all these deforestation is David Holder's fault. Anyways, we're out. See ya. The Amazon.